Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back. All hands on deck. Everybody's here at the studio in North Palm Beach, Florida for another Earl on Car show. You just heard my recorded introduction. Uh, we're live, as I just said, and uh, it's kind of exciting. Every time we come into the studio, I know all of us uh, still feel that uh, little zing you get when you know that there are thousands and thousands of people out there and uh, Facebook and and uh, you know radio. I mentioned radio last. It started out that it was a half an hour radio show. We didn't know what streaming was, but now we're streaming on YouTube and all over the place. Uh, uh, we're actually uh, getting more calls now from outside of Florida than we get inside of Florida. We also get a few outside of the United States. So it's been uh, quite a ride for the past 20 years at Earl on Cars. Uh, things have changed uh, uh, quickly uh, over the years. And in the past three years, uh, it was, it's been a warp speed change in not just uh, the automobile retail business, uh, manufacturing, our technology has exploded. Uh, it's good, it's bad, it's, it's exciting uh, for you consumers uh, that are hopefully watching and listening right now. It provides a whole new set of uh, problems, uh, challenges. Uh, if you want to buy or lease a vehicle, uh, the uh, options and considerations have, have multiplied uh, exponentially. And uh, we're trying to stay on top of it. Frankly, it's not easy for us here. Uh, we, we've got Rick Kearney, who's a certified diagnostic master technician. I've been using that term for all these years, but the, the meaning of that is is certainly changed drastically. Uh, for 25-plus years, uh, Rick has been doing this, and when he comes to work today, it bears no resemblance to what happened when he came to work 20 years ago. Um, and it's just... Uh, it's, you got to love this. I mean, uh, if you're in a rut, you'll never make it in the retail or manufacturing business of automobiles. Uh, artificial intelligence, of course, you'll, let's say the first thing that happened was the Internet. That really shook up things. And then we, we merged into super quantum computing and now artificial intelligence. And uh, everything's going at warp speed. Um, the car that you buy today bears very little resemblance to probably the first car you bought. I know it sure doesn't bear resemblance to my first car, 1951 Pontiac V6. <laughs> no, it was a straight six. I, I forgot that. Now, now combustion engines are an endangered species. And uh, Nancy Stewart and I are driving a Tesla right now, an uh, electric vehicle. Uh, that's quite a ride. I mean, it's a, you, you talk about excitement and, and something different. Uh, try driving a Tesla Plaid. 
uh, is, um, or let it drive you if you if you've got the courage. We don't. We're still. <laughs> my, my latest blog has to do with that, by the way. But anyway, that's enough about us and me. Let's talk about you, because we know you've got a lot of questions and a lot of thoughts. We love your comments. Uh, I say this, it almost sounds like uh, being a... We have a caller. Oh, we have a caller. Yes. And we're going to our caller, because we we defer to the caller Thanks, priority. Rick. Call on the telephone. Nancy will bring you right on board. Okay. First, I'm going to mention for the ladies that are listening, $50 for the first two new lady callers. 877-960-9960. We're going to go to Vicki in New York, and she is a first-time caller. Good morning, Vicki. <laughs> Good morning, Nancy. Thank you so much. It's so, um, it's so nice of you to call so early in the morning. <laughs> yeah. You've just won yourself um, $50. Oh, thank you. Yes, and if you stay My on the phone after we're finished talking, yeah. uh, you can take and uh, give Jeremy your information, and uh, okay. he'll pass it along to me, and I'll get that check out to you. Thank you so much. Okay, <laughs> what can we do for you? Okay, I have a question because I'm planning to move with my mom uh, to Florida, to Boca Raton, and I want to know how to protect my car from the strong sun that is in Florida. When are you moving down? Uh, hopefully December. In December? Um, what kind of car are you looking to get? Uh, actually, I'm going to drive my car. I have a Volkswagen. Oh, you're going to drive your car all the way down? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so what was your question? Uh, you're going to get a new car when you get down, or you want to know what to do to prepare your car for the Maybe trip? Maybe one for my mom, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you can start to do your research, you know, even before you leave online, start researching um, uh, the different uh, dealerships and used car um, type of outlets um, down in the Boca area. But when you're in Boca, um, down in this area, you're coming down to a very uh, tough area to buy a car. It's kind of it's like a, the jungle down here. Um, so I'm glad that you listened to the show. Um, Boca is right, and this is for the our listeners, you know, who don't are not familiar with Florida. Boca is like smack dab in the in the middle of South Florida, in the southern part of Palm Beach County, and um, there's about a billion car dealerships and car lots around there, so you can get overwhelmed with it. Um, uh, are you looking to get a new or a used car? Uh, maybe used. Okay. So there's a lot of choices. I would like to lead, point you towards CarMax um, to start because of all the – that's like one of the few places you can – you know it's a national chain, and they have um, national standards, and they're just um, – it's a better place um, for customers. So um, probably look at CarMax, but you can look out, look around. Just uh, be aware that when you're down here in South Florida, there are tons of junk fees, surprises, uh, dealer fees, and um, you don't want to get um, stuck with that. So just do your research. And but I would recommend looking at um, like CarMax if you're looking for a, a used car. Um, that's probably your safest bet if you're not familiar with the area. Yeah, I'm not. Bad. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Vicky. Uh, yeah. This is Nancy Stewart. Um, also, you know, in addition to what Stu said, uh, take a look in Consumer Reports and, uh, you know, go to your PC uh, rather than going into the dealership. And there's some questions, you know, that you can you can ask yourself uh, and uh, you can, you know, 
put this knowledge into looking for the vehicle you need, and that is, uh, you know, the length of a warranty or whether the car's been in a crash and uh, does it need new tires. Uh, so there's a lot of research you can do right at home. Uh, do you have a computer? Yes, I uh, do. Oh, great. Okay, because I was going to say you could always go to the library. Also, um, you know, you might want to take a look into uh, Consumer Reports. And, uh, boy, they have a a lot of information, and they have the safest cars. They have the most popular used cars. Uh, There's a lot of things you can do at home on your PC uh, before you walk into the dealership uh, so that you don't get taken advantage of. Do you have any other questions? No, that's all. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Vicki. Stay on the line have and give uh, Jeremy your information. 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Well, I was just saying that you make the show, and there's a good example. Someone coming into a market in Florida they're not familiar with to buy a car and uh, it's a challenge uh, as Stu pointed out uh, this is really a, the hardest uh, I, lack of transparency honesty and anything else you can think of that makes buying a car difficult we have in South Florida it's a uh, highly competitive uh, the uh, tactics the sales tactics the deception the advertising is outrage- outrageous um, However, as uh, we advise Vicki, uh, if, you, if you take your time, don't buy on emotion. Uh, check with Consumer Reports. There's a huge amount of great information online. And if you keep control and don't let the car dealer control you, you can still get a good buy on a vehicle. It's, uh, it's really a buyer's market if you're educated, if you are educate yourself and you take your time. Did, uh, I saw a statistic the other day. Actually, it was an advertisement to me because I'm a car dealer. And there was a, an advisor. There's a million advisors out there telling car dealers how to screw the customers and how to take advantage and, and sell more cars to make more money. And the headline for this uh, email advertisement I got as a car dealer is 85% of the customers that come into your dealership don't buy the car that they intended to buy. Now, when that happens, you lose control. When when you buy a different car than the one you wanted to buy, the one you researched, studied, uh, studied the pricing, uh, the uh, the reliability, the cost of operation, you did all this homework. The main thing that that car salesman wants to do is switch you to a different car. Then that way you have a you, you, everything that you studied and prepared for is out the window, and the car salesman is then in control. So if there's one rule that you should uh, keep in mind, decide what car you want based on your research, and then begin looking around for the best price. Don't ever go from the car that you intended to buy to what the car salesman recommends you buy. You decide that before you go in. 877 877- 960-9960, as we just demonstrated, that's a call, uh, that's our direct phone line, so we will always get to you as quickly as we can. We'll stop what we're doing, so uh, if you have to wait, uh, you shouldn't have to wait very long, and we will get to you right away. But we also uh, would like your text, 772-497-6530, 
text numbers, two monitors on the text that come in, 772-497-6530. Then we archive the text, uh, but we get to them during this show. I mean, two hours before the show's over, we will get to your text. We have some really good texters out there. Anne Marie comes to mind. She probably has a text in Stu's a laptop as I speak. YouTube, uh, which Rick Kearney, who I talked about earlier, our certified diagnostic master technician, he can tell you the problem you have with your car, what really is a problem, what it really should cost to get fixed, or maybe it's not such a problem at all. Maybe it's something you shouldn't uh, you, you shouldn't spend the money to fix. Some, some, some problems are so minor, or maybe they're not so minor, but they're so expensive, you have to think twice about, do I want to continue with this car? Uh, do I want to uh, uh, trade it? Do I want to have it fixed? A lot of questions Rick can answer with his 25 years in this business. He's one of the best technicians I know, and I guarantee you he'll be able to answer your questions. You can go on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Roland Cars. He monitors that channel, youtube.com forward slash Roland Cars, and he has a following. We could do a whole show just with Rick's followers. Yeah, uh, sure. They could do a show without <laughs> us because we got some guys and gals out there that make uh, comments, uh, suggestions, and correct us. And uh, we love to be corrected. I mean, not well, not really. I mean, I don't like to be corrected, <laughs> but it's it's good for the show. So uh, you you uh, find out that I said something was out of line, you tell us, and we'll confess. Uh, remember, YouTube.com forward slash our own cars. And, of course, the good old-fashioned phone number, 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. And don't forget your anonymous feedback. That's youranonymousfeedback.com. Yeah. We're going to go back to the phones uh, where Susan is calling us from Fort Lauderdale, and she is a first-time caller. Good morning, Susan. Hi there. Good morning. How are you? We're great. Thank you for calling. You've won yourself $50 this morning, and if you stay on the line after we're finished talking, uh, Jeremy in the control room will get your information and pass it along to me. What can okay. we do for you this morning? I have a question. My husband and I have a business, and we have several, um, most of them are Dodge Grand Caravans, but our latest one is a Chrysler Voyager, kind of all in the same family. And... Um, it is, oh gracious, I believe it's a 2022 model, mm -hmm. but we're having problems with, it's got two batteries in it. So it has the main battery and then I guess an auxiliary battery. So when you're stopped at a light or something, it shuts down. Uh-huh. I think and Rick can help you with that. Okay. That would be terrific because we've had an issue where... I think in February we had it at Chrysler dealership. The auxiliary battery has gone bad, and then it drains the main battery, and then we have to keep, like, having the car jump. And so that happened in February, and we just recently, it just recently happened again this past week. I mean, it's been going on. We just recently had the battery replaced again. But they said that both batteries were bad. So I think mm -hmm. what's happening is the auxiliary battery is is dying sooner than it should be, and it's draining the main battery. And with us having a transport business, it causes a lot of problems because it puts the van out of service for a little bit. 
and um, we took it to a different dealership this time, and they said they see it happen a lot. It's just a bad design. So I'm just very curious if he could help me. Yeah, hmm. I understand. Uh, okay, Rick. Now, are, are these hybrid vehicles, or are they uh, just like a start-stop technology? Just the start-stop technology. Okay. So, wow, they went to a double battery for start-stop. That's that's kind yeah. of crazy there. That's that's thinking outside the box and into the next universe. Um, my my thoughts there, if, if they say they're seeing it on a lot of different vehicles, I would save every bit of paperwork that you have on that. But what okay. it sounds like you've got happening is they've got a parasitic draw somewhere. And when you're shutting the car down, something is draining the power out of that uh, auxiliary battery that is used for the initial startup. Like a short circuit or something? Yes, like. it's something is staying turned on and it's drawing electricity away that it shouldn't be. And the fact that this other Chrysler dealership has said that they're seeing it often, that tells me that, yeah, there's, there's an electrical problem. And unfortunately, Chrysler's and Jeep and a couple other companies that all seem to be under that same, uh, what, what's, what's the corporation Stellantis. now that owns? Stellantis. Stellantis. Yeah. They all seem to have electrical problems. Um, I hate yeah, to say it, but you, you may actually, <laughs> you know, you, you may actually be better to start considering the idea of looking at a different manufacturer uh, to step to to avoid these Chrysler products because yeah. of the electrical yeah, problems and that I, they've had. And one thing also that you might think about, Susan, is, is asking for the factory technical specialist. Uh, every make car in the dealers have okay. have ability to call the manufacturer, and they have technical specialists that will either by virtual visit or actually physically come in, check out a problem <laughs> car that they, they're unable to fix. So I don't know if you've had the uh, Stellantis factory uh, uh, experts in, on, on yet. Yeah, and, okay. and I definitely would save every bit of paperwork on all of it. Okay. Okay, real good. Um, and I guess the other question is, is there anybody besides Chrysler? So the first time we did, it happened, we did take it to Chrysler, but we live, I'm, I'm in Fort Lauderdale right now visiting a friend, but we live in Fort Myers where our business is. And it's a transport company. So if, you know, mm. if we take the van out of service, if we hand it over to Chrysler, they have it for several days. There's not very many Chrysler dealerships over there. Right. So the last time we took it, the person that always fixes our vans who we rely on and trust and who's the one that fixed it that time but is there um you know anybody outside of chrysler that you would recommend i mean obviously chrysler you know it possibly would be under warranty but it, it just gets held up there for a week 10 days and we can't have the van all the service that long yeah unfortunately um if you're looking to get it covered under warranty you're pretty much stuck. Yeah. You do have to go to the actual okay. parent company. Um, okay. Outside of that, uh, I really wouldn't know of anybody over there in that area. There's a couple places over in West Palm that I, you know, Mike could consider talking, have you talked to, but. You know, one thing, one thing that just occurred to me that usually gets the manufacturer's attention quickly is the lemon law. And, uh, uh, if you notify someone in authority at one of the uh, Stellantis Chrysler dealerships, oh. 
that you intend to uh, file a lemon law case. See, the lemon law actually goes against the manufacturer. And the manufacturer hates lemon law cases. They're time-consuming, expensive, and they're not good for the reputation. So they'll put the pressure on the dealer to put their best technicians on it, and they will also furnish factory technicians to look at it. They'll, they'll really go beyond the call of duty to fix a, a car before they want you to file a limb law, but do it in writing. Uh, email, but be sure you do it, a text would be okay, but be sure you have a record of notifying them that you intend to file for the Florida limb law. That'll get some action, I'm pretty sure. Okay, that sounds like a, a great idea. I appreciate that. And we yeah. do keep good records and files on our on our vehicles. So. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a backup, just as a, uh, a, a short-term solution, a Band-Aid, uh, what you might consider is see if you can find a local mechanic there that is good with electrical and ask them simply to install what's called a battery isolator. Uh, basically what it is, it would, it would be an extra step for your drivers to have to deal with, but Basically, when they shut the vehicle down for the night, you would open the mm -hmm. hood and hit a release, and it would actually disconnect the battery from the vehicle. It would, like, disconnect the negative terminal. So oh, then okay. the battery could not be drawn down overnight. And then the oh, next shit. day, you would simply reconnect it, and it would just reboot, and you would start the vehicle and go off on your way again. Um, okay. What this would do is it would prevent any overnight parasitic draws and let your battery still have a good charge so you'd be operational with it. Uh, it'd be a kind of stopgap measure to get you by until they can yeah. figure out what's going on with this whole fleet, right. really. Okay. All right. And you said it's called a battery. It, that's called a battery. It's, it's a, a battery disconnect. Oh, disconnect. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, and, you've been very helpful. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, Susan. And uh, good luck uh, with uh, your, uh, you know, finding, a, um, you know, maybe a mechanic that you might be, you know, an, might be an acquaintance, uh, maybe a friend. It's always nice to have, uh, you know, a, a local mechanic Absolutely. in your back pocket. Exactly. Somebody yeah. you can trust for sure. Yeah, for sure. And uh, give us a call. Let us know. Uh, uh, give us a call and okay. a, a follow-up call. Okay, real good. Okay, right, Susan. Thanks. Give Jeremy your information. And by the way, that the idea on that battery isolator, that was a tip yeah. from one of my YouTube guys here, Johnny. Is that right? Just wanted to pass credit to him. Yeah. All right. Sounds great. Thank you, Johnny. Battery isolator. Yeah, thank you, Johnny. 877-960-9960. Uh, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, don't forget your anonymous feedback. Com. We are going to go to John, uh, who's calling us from Stewart. Rick, did you have a question? Nope. Okay. All good. Good morning. Good morning, John. Good morning. Uh, I've called several times before, but I'm kind of nervous today with this call. Uh, I had cataract surgery two days ago, and I had to go to a post stop, and I couldn't drive. So my brother-in-law comes to pick me up, and he's usually a little bit late. So I will outside and i hear his car coming down the road now he's got a brand new hybrid with a thousand miles on it it's a rav4 and it's making this noise so i get in i said man what's the noise he said i don't i don't know what the noise is he said the people in my neighborhood he lives in a retirement community so people go to bed early and stuff like that mm -hmm. and they'll come in and 
it makes noise. So we took it down to your place <laughs> after my appointment. And so the guy says, well, okay. He said, it's a noise when you back up. It makes a noise, you know, and it does yeah. make a noise as if we're people that are blind or what, whatever. And so he drove it, or he didn't drive it, but it, yeah, he did. He drove it, and he he didn't hear it or something, but it still makes a noise. So he said hybrids do that. Right. They make a noise when they go forward. And so I go and I ask the salesman. He said, no, they don't make any noise. And I'd been around Teslas before and Priuses. I didn't hear a noise like that, but it's it's pretty loud. It's it's almost it, it is. I, it's a it, but you're, what you're told was correct. They do make a noise when I, they're in the battery mode, um, and, and there's no engine sound. Um, and it's whether it's in reverse or or going forward. And Rick oh. and I have laughed and joked around on the show a lot because people have called in about it. And um, it's a it's a um, like a low howling um, strange. Yeah, uh, it's exactly. it's a very odd sounding noise. And uh, as technicians, because Toyota kind of sprang this on everyone without telling us that they were going to do it, and we got such a shock out of it, we call it the wailing of the damned souls. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it so, literally, no, it, it's... And you can't it. hear it inside your car. When you're in the car, you, no, you don't know. No, so, you couldn't hear it inside, right. but outside, man, you can hear it. Well, that's how that's I know when my I, wife comes yeah. home. I hear I hear the howling of the damned souls <laughs> pulling up in the driveway when I'm out in the backyard. <laughs> And that's how um and that's how my dogs yeah, know I'm like I'm, I'm coming home. So and it's designed because when when it's completely silent, um you have to have a, a some kind of noise and it's done with a speaker. It's not a um mm -hmm. it's yeah, a computerized noise. Said. It's it's just so um people aren't surprised by a silent call a car you know rolling up on them in the in the parking yeah. lot. At one time, one of the rumors that they came out with was that manufacturers were going to design this noise, but they were going to say that. You could actually have a choice. Yeah. You could program your car to have different noises. And myself, the <laughs> the first one I said that they had to have was the bubbles. Was the sound of the the old uh, space car from the Jetsons. Right. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It, well, yeah, it would good, have been fantastic. I got good news for you. Uh, Toyota announced that they are going in the future electric vehicles. You'll be able to uh, choose the vehicle you want it to sound like. You can make it sound like a, a classic. Uh, uh, GT or uh, so. oh, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. You gotta be kidding! You gotta be kidding. Okay, so yeah, that's so true. But the, the kid that helped us, his name was T. I think it was, but he's really he had great personality. He was knowledgeable and everything like that, you know. And, and it wasn't until he actually explained it to us and stuff that we got, that I believed it because I kept saying that one guy said, "Well, that's something to do," and I'm behind my brother or on behind the guy shaking my head. No, it can't sound like that. It can't sound like that. I guess, I guess it can. Yeah. I guess they wanted something that would get someone's attention, and, you know, the howling of the damn souls will it get your attention. Your, your, your All, All right, right thanks. guys. Thanks a lot. I appreciate thanks for the call. Show. Thanks a lot, John. Sure. Give us a call again, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. You have uh, youranonymousfeedback.com to go to also back to the recovering car dealer well let's get into some text i know we must have at least Anne marie's yeah yeah let's get to that um she's got an interesting question hers is uh based on your experience all of our experience uh, uh what is the best built designed built or designed vehicle ever and what's the worst built or designed vehicle ever and why and i know you got some thoughts on it i know you got some thoughts on it and i know you got some thoughts on it 
I didn't have any thoughts on it because all I know is like Toyota, so I would have said like Corolla or Land Cruiser. So I went to Reddit because um, they're always talking about everything on Reddit. And um, I, I know where we have a Toyota dealership and all that, but the, the thing that keeps coming up are just Toyotas, um, Hondas, and Subarus are just keep, and in mm. the Toyotas, mm-hmm. it's Land Cruiser, Corolla, um, Hondas, or the Accords, um, and, they're, and they're speaking just in terms of just, they don't have troubles and they don't break down. And you would know because you probably never see Land Cruiser. Well, so, I, well, so when you say design, you're not talking about beauty. physical design. Yeah, she's talking about, talking about reliability. Design. Yeah, like yeah. the oh. best built engines. Uh, yeah. So she kind of tricked us with it. Engineering. I would, I, I would say Consumer Reports would be the answer there. I mean, I think could, she's going historically. She's going yeah. of all time, like of going back. Uh, well, the, the latest ones would be the best. I mean, I mean, it's, yeah, the nostalgia but, is one thing. Uh, I could say, oh, a 1957 well, Pontiac fuel injection. But well, uh, if you go on the internet, that's what you're going to yeah. see. Um, however, she did say, ever. And if you say the, the ones in the 2023 models, you're not really answering the yeah. question. Yes, <laughs> correct. The M1A1 Abrams battle tank. Yeah, it's pretty tough. They just sent a bunch of those well, to yeah. Ukraine. D- d- design to me, I think, I think I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, Anne-Marie, if you're listening, and uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were probably talking about uh, physical design, meaning ease of getting in and out, ease of uh, uh, you know, maybe the, the trunk area, the back seat area, the know, leg room. How do you know Amory's not interested in engines? Well, I'm old, so let's find little, out. Little. We'll see what she says. <laughs> She'll text us back. Well, I, there's, if, you, if you just Google that, there is um, a million opinions out there. There's a billion yeah. opinions out there. My, my opinion, the mid-'90s body style Corolla, Camry, Honda Accord, and Honda Civic because if you look at if you watch when you're driving down the road the traffic around you you will see so many of those old cars yeah. still running today because they just keep going yeah you don't see a lot of you can, old you can patch those back together but, but, but that's and the, but, keep them running but see there's a criteria that you like because you're a technician uh, mm. but but actually uh, when you design a car they I believe the Toyota uh, Forerunner uh, was rated the uh, the most mm-hmm. the longest running car in the world, period. And uh, uh, the way it's built, uh, it'll it's good for 25 years or something True. like that. But that's just durability, and durability yep. is just one facet of design. So, so what is your opinion? I, I well, my opinion is that. Uh, collectively and, and, and speaking generally, which you have to about uh, design, uh, the cars today, the newest cars today, I'd say the Tesla. I'd say the Tesla. Well, that's, that was actually saw that one came up. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the opinions. They and said then, as far as And then 20 years from now, it'll be, uh, it'll be another make. Um, I mean, design. But, you know, Dad, they ask a question, what's the greatest car built ever in terms of, you know, engineering? And you don't want to answer the question. <laughs> it's like your car's been around for a hundred and some years. I mean, Model T gets a lot of votes too. I got yeah. an answer. I got yes. an answer. Okay. Hands down. Okay. The Barracuda. My <laughs> Barracuda. <laughs> really? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My Barracuda. Hands down. Where is it now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, wait, I don't, if you want to stay any more time on Emory's text, because there's, no, there's a part I'd like two. to clarify. There's a part I, two. I, the, a, the worst car ever made. As usual, it's a very interesting question, but uh, I think the best design car of all time 
uh, we need to fine-tune that as to what she means by design. Yeah, we're just having fun. But what do you think is the worst car ever, ever made? Oh, God, I don't I mean, that's all. Uh, I mean, okay, well, you, you can, you we can talk, we can talk well, about that's, that. That's like why we she can, asked. We can talk about bagels. This is, this is an opinion question. Here's, this here's, is not Don, a here's what Donovan has to say on it. Uh, he says the E80, uh, E36 BMW from the 90s with an inline six, no turbos, no crazy intake or valve timing, They'll last forever, but he says there's also a confirmed and verified Tesla Model S has been used as a taxi in Germany that has over, be glad you're sitting, 1.5 million miles. Wow. That's on a Tesla good. Model S. But so you're hung up on durability. Who well, wants well, a car on, got, that's going to last 30 us. years? Amory no, got back no. to I us. I mean, unless you're some sort of a nut, well, why would you want to keep a car for 30 years? Why is this a hard question? Amory got back to us. Oh, cars and she says, yes, she, she, she's giving you a little love here. She says, yeah, for getting in and out. But best design for reliability is what she meant. What's the be, What's the Energizer bunny of vehicles that keeps running and running? So that's yeah, where yeah. she was going. All right. That's the Toyota 4 Yeah. yeah. But you see, what's what, how about what's what's the cars you don't ever see in the shop? Uh, the ones that don't come in much yeah, for anymore. Repairs, yeah, uh, Tercels. Uh, oh wow, that's going back. Old, yeah, if you're going way back, I mean, like uh, Paseo, we never right. see those ever anymore. Uh, this the because uh, only four of them were sold. Yeah, well, true. <laughs> um, Celicas. Uh, even that last body Celica. Ah, good. Uh, Avalons are actually starting to go we by the wayside so, we, now. We need to move Probably. on, yeah. folks. Move on. Yeah. Move on. All right. Okay. I got a text from Negan or you got a phone call? Uh, we have a phone That's call. That's even, well, sorry, Negan. Okay. It's not better. Hold but on. We'll different. be right with you. Stu will be right with you. Uh, we're going to go to Bob, who's calling us from Lake Park. Good morning, Bob. Yes. Good morning. Happy Columbus Day or Indigenous Day weekend, everyone. Oh, thank you. Same to you. Thank you. Uh, I uh, wanted to talk about uh, my dilemma with my insurance. Uh, I got some advice last week on your show about uh, raising deductibles, and I found out that if you go to raise your deductible 100%, the savings is only 10%, so it's really de minimis. Oh. It has basically no effect on your uh, uh, on what you're going to pay. And then I have an interesting story. I shop, the, I shop the insurance around. And uh, I have my the company I currently have also writes progressive and they gave me a quote from them. And then I went to two independent agents and got quotes for, uh, from for progressive. And then I, I called progressive directly at the 800 number and got a quote from them. And all the premiums with all the coverages being equal were different. It's too confusing for me. Well, Bob, let me back up and disagree with your first premise. If you if you if you raise your deductibles by a thousand dollars, and it saves you ten percent per year on your premium, it is worth it, because the chances are that you're going to have an accident and have to pay the deductible. That's de minimis. I mean, uh, most people don't have to pay deductibles because they most people don't have accidents. So. Uh, it's a it's a it's a game of statistics and rely uh, probability, and if everybody in the country were to raise their deductible thousand dollars and got a ten percent saving in premium, it would be good for the people that did it and bad for the insurance companies. It's a it's the the deductibility is a really effective way. If you if you're nervous about it, then you can bank your ten percent. 
If you're saving 10%, take that 10% monthly, put it into the bank account, and then when you save enough to cover your deductible, you're ahead of the game. It's not 10% on the bottom line number. It's 10% on the the premium for that particular coverage. That's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, in other words, if you if you double your deductible, you go 100 percent. Or if you have a 500 and you go to a thousand, or you have 250 and you go to 500, you're you're putting 100 percent more on the deduct. And they're only giving if you it's a, if it's a thousand dollar deductible on collision, and you have right. a collision that costs a thousand dollars, you're screwed. But right. if you don't have a collision, and and uh, in, on, during the time you own the car, you're collecting that 10 percent that you would otherwise have spent because you well, have a high deductible. I looked at it. I looked at it, and, and, and you know, it's yeah. it's really a, it's a small, very small number. Well, we agree to disagree. Well, okay, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is, though, I got four quotes from Progressive from four different sources with the same coverage. And all the quotes were different. For all with the same very, company. <laughs> yes, yes. So I know you always talk about if you buy a car and you go shop the exact same car at three dealerships, you get three different prices. Yeah, I had well, no idea. It, it was the same with insurance. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that girl that's moving to Boca Raton that called you earlier, she's not only going to have a nightmare buying a car. Wait until she tries to get insurance for that car. So I'm guessing she's, the agents have the ability to... Uh, um, no. I have no idea. I couldn't get an answer. You know, I could not. No one would give me an answer. I talked to a supervisor at Progressive, and they didn't know. Nobody knows. Try Geico. Nobody knows. That would be a I violation of state and federal I insurance laws. So, yeah. so, yeah, I uh, so what you I should do is you should call the FBI and give them the names of the people you talk to. Put them away. No. I get, well, I got the names. So I just thought it was an interesting <laughs> story, you know, that uh, you know, yeah. the car insurance is a major part. People always thinking about buying a car. It I is. don't even have a new. I don't even have a new car. If I if I bought a new car, then I, I, the numbers would probably uh, go up. Uh, uh, you know, ask they'd be, uh, you know, go way up. I mean, you got a good so, point because we do a lot of um, give a lot of advice on you know how to get the right price and not get ripped off on the car. And you can get really surprised um, if you don't do the research on the car insurance that you're going to need to get on that car because it's expensive. Especially here in Florida. Well, do you ever have that happen in your dealership? Yeah. Too, oh, yeah. Comes in. Yes. And they can't. And they and they go to buy the car. And yes. Then they find out they don't. Especially with leases, insurance. because you have to carry more um, coverage on a lease, and oh, um, you do. Okay. so people are who get leases are usually pretty payment motivated, and then suddenly they found that their insurance payment uh, just got jacked up. Okay. Well, I thought okay, that was Bob. Easy. Well, thank you very thank much, and you guys all have thanks, a great Bob. week. Thanks, Thank you Good for calling. Give us a call again, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget your anonymous feedback. Uh, We are going to uh, go to Mark, who's calling us from Palm Beach Gardens. Morning, Mark. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, everyone. Hey, Mark. Hey, uh, Nancy, you know that usually when I call... Uh, more times than not, I'm kind of pushing the Earl's Vigilante program. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, I was, in the last couple of weeks, I've got something stuck in my head. And uh, I might call this Earl's Vigilante Corner. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been thinking kind of a, a, a situation where the uh, vigilantes can call at will and bring up a subject and create discussion. And Earl, I'll keep this very short. Um, 
I was thinking about our new style headlights on most all the cars. They're made out of a plastic composite. And after it doesn't take long for them to fade out. Now, it is a safety issue because the foggier your headlights get, it diminishes your sight at night. Mm -hmm. So the question is, what is more cost-effective versus safety? Um, you know, I know that there is a service where uh, the body shop or the service department polish. can polish yeah. or kind of resurface the headlights versus putting new lenses in or new headlight assemblies. I know, I know the headlights are expensive, but uh, Rick, you might be better apt to answer this question. Um, you know, as far as the cleaning and polishing of those, I was looking to see how much that would cost and what is the expected time for them to, you know, stay clear before you have to repolish them. Um, so let's say twice in the period of how long and the cost of doing that service versus putting a new lens in, which probably would last uh, quite a bit longer than the resurfacing. Uh, can you give me uh, your ideas on that and approximately what the cost is for um, the resurfacing and how long you can expect it to last? Approximate cost, figure about $150 for the two headlights and expect it to last about a year to a year and a half. Um, new headlights, well, depending on the vehicle, like my own pickup, uh, about five to seven hundred dollars for a, a pair, and that's for uh -huh. even uh, just aftermarket original equipment style. But aftermarket, five to seven hundred dollars easily for the pair of them. How much for the OEM? OEM closer to a thousand, and really, yeah, they they can get very expensive. And depending upon other models, like you know, if you were to see like a BMW or something. It could be five thousand dollars for a so, pair of headlights. So you could, yeah. so you could yeah. keep your headlights polished for ten years before you would um, absolutely reach the price of a new set. Exactly. And there, there are a lot of detail companies. I would say just about every single detail company out there that does automotive waxing and detailing headlights. has an a an opportunity for for polishing the headlights for between anywhere from say one twenty to one twenty five to two hundred dollars. And again, it'll last a year, year to a year and a half before and, it starts to really and it's noticeably very, start it's a to fall. Process too. Yeah. yeah. Well, it takes about an hour and a half, two hours to do, and uh, once they start to fog again, you get maybe another six months before they start really getting foggy yeah. enough that it becomes a, a, a an issue at that point. Yeah. The main purpose, uh, if you get me, the main purpose of reason why I brought this subject up is because it's a subject where most all the driving consumers will walk by the front of their car and go, wow, that's getting to look a little ugly. Mm -hmm. uh, and they don't really think about the fact that it hampers the safety at night. If you can't see things in the road as easily and better than uh, a clearer lens. So I wanted to bring the subject up for those uh, drivers out there that um, when they see that, it maybe it clicks in their mind, hey, I really need to do something about that real soon. 
and then I can see better at night versus just walking by and saying, hey, that's ugly. You get my drift? Well, there's also uh, one other, uh, shall we call it a, a, a preventative that you can do, and that is if your headlights are still you know, nice and clean appearing, um, you can have a clear vinyl wrap put on the headlight itself that will reduce the effects of that and give you several years before it even begins to start to fog a little bit more than what it would have had. Yeah, professionally speaking, I might agree to disagree with you just simply because a lot of times uh, if you're getting a cheaper film and let's say not a 3M high-grade Right, film, you don't, you'd want to make sure to get it done quality, a, making, a 3M film. Yeah, you might be might be making more of a mess than it is. Earl, I'm just about done. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's a, I, I kind of thought it was kind of cool uh, coming up with an idea for the... Uh, uh, vigilante program and have, you know, a couple of vigilantes call in with subjects that they think about. Because I'll be honest with you, I haven't gotten uh, a question or a concern come across my uh, uh, vigilante desk in almost a year. So I was just trying to think of other ways we could improve the uh, vigilante program. But anyway, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it, and I hope it was a subject that some of the listeners uh, might consider to go and have them done, have them done at the dealership, and uh, to improve their safety driving at night. Y'all have a nice weekend. Hey, Thanks, Mark, Mark, before you go, I just want to let you know, you know, you've been a great asset to uh, Earl's Vigilantes, and we really, you know, we appreciate uh, and, and I think we And I, I think we do need, to, I agree with you, Mark, Mark, we do need to promote yeah. the Vigilante program more. Uh, we have so many things we try to cover, and we get, we get uh, shooting off in all different directions, but uh, I think a core value for Earl and Cars are the Vigilantes, and we need to uh, rethink how we can promote that. So thanks again, Mark. Yeah, thank you very much, Yeah, Mark. well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I know Nancy is uh, a big push for the Vigilante program. Yeah. And you guys got my phone number. If you ever want to hear some of my ideas, I got some great ones. Thank you, Mark. So have okay. a nice weekend. That Bye -bye. sounds good. You do the same. Have a great weekend. Uh, I want to uh, tell Sherry that I got your text message, and uh, hopefully uh, all the ladies are still listening. And uh, she says that September has a, a great, great information about the best used cars uh, right now. So that's the September issue of the Consumer Report. And uh, uh, Susie, uh, thanks for your input about the uh, Vega being the worst uh, vehicle. We are going to go to Marty uh, in West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? We're great. <coughs> How you doing? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, last week you did the mystery shopping report on Al Hendrickson. Yes. I just wanted to tell you, I've been there. I've, I've gotten a car there, but I was there before the pandemic hit. If you're just a rookie car buyer, you better watch out yeah. because they are very tough. Now, it took me about three and a half hours just to get to the right price. And if anybody's familiar with that place, you got to go up and down a staircase. So I walked out about four times, and they called me back four times to come back up the staircase. Hmm. They are 
very, very tough cookies. And even though Earl said, I guess they're the second highest car uh, Toyota dealership <coughs> in the country. Yeah. They are very, very high pressure. So in my case, I don't mind it because I go there with a price in mind. If I get the price, fine. If I don't, I just walk out. But they, you know, they yep. get a lot of bad raps on selling used cars. Yeah, definitely. I'll tell you, um, the uh, Ellen, I don't know whether you recall uh, about the uh, mystery shopper report and how she was kicked around pretty good. And that um, market adjustment, I mean, uh, she was lucky to get out of there alive. And uh, we've had comments uh, like that about Al Hendrickson. Yeah, now they had market adjustment even before the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. that was always on their sticker. Is that right? Yeah, that, it's, but you got to get it out of there right away, you know. And, and if you're not sharp enough. Yeah. And you're going to overpay. Like One you said, you went in with a you you went in with a price in mind. Yeah, yeah. Now one other thing I wanted to tell that I don't know if everybody knows this. I'm sure they do. That if you have the same car in Florida, like two Camrys, if one of them's owned and one of them's leased, the leased car you pay more for the registration. Yes. So I don't know if people know that, but. The first time I realized that, I called the DMV here, and they said, oh, that's because you didn't pay for the title when you bought the car originally. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's it's a minor difference when you consider, uh, you know, the overall consideration of lease versus purchase uh, uh, can be considerable, but uh, that's a small component. You're right, it does cost more. Yeah, it costs, you know, like like right now, Camry costs say uh, that you own is thirty five dollars a year, and the lease in the same Camry is seventy something a year. So, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. like you say, it's not large, but it's to me in New York State, it didn't make any difference which way you did it. They went by the weight of the car and the type of car, and that was it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but Florida has its own uh, its own rules. But your dealership. If you're buying a Toyota since the pandemic is here, you got to stick with Earl Stewart Toyota. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> bless your heart. All right. Well, have a good weekend. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, Marty. It was great hearing from you. Um, let me mention again Earl's Vigilantes. That's Earl's Vigilantes, and uh, you can join uh, the club if uh, that's what you want to call it. And Marty called earlier, and he heads off Earl's Vigilantes. And uh, you can you can help someone in your neighborhood. You don't have to know how to uh, take an engine apart, uh, but uh, every everyone can get together and help each other. And uh, Marty has done just that for uh, quite a long time. How long has Marty been with us, Earl? Yeah. Has, 80 he, years. He, he, yeah. He's like 80, 80 years. <laughs> you got my attention. How you mean he's, he's, he's been on Earth about eight years. <laughs> Jonathan would know. Uh, we've had uh, Earl's Vigilantes for quite a long time, and uh, you can you can go to Earl's Vigilantes and you can sign up. Uh, you'd be helping uh, everyone, you know, it's, and a lot of people in your neighborhood. Uh, we're going to go back to uh, we're going to go back to the phones, and we're going to talk to Dave, who's calling us from Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Dave. 
Good morning, Dave. Uh, good morning. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, yeah, I just, well, thank you. I just wanted to uh, call and and let it be known, I guess, that I've been watching online on the used cars at Earl Stewart for quite some time, usually for a Highlander or a RAV4. And uh, I finally uh, purchased one last Friday, so the week yesterday. And uh, it was a very high-rated one. It was rated 96, and it had uh, the Carfax, which showed a really good uh, mm-hmm. report, one-car owner, well-serviced, uh, et cetera, et cetera, low mileage. And uh, the transaction, the salesman, Richard, was uh, uh, very accommodating, uh, made the whole thing very easy, and then went to the uh, finance department, I guess you call it, the guy who checks you out. And uh, that was very smooth and quick. And so the whole transaction was, compared to other purchases I've made over the years, uh, quite simple and easy. And it was, uh, you could almost say, enjoyable if that applies to purchasing a car. And that's but crazy. anyway, I just wanted it to wasn't call enjoyable. You guys <laughs> it was it was fine. It was uh, it was all very good. Oh, and great. I appreciate uh, the dealership and the way they handled everything. Well, I appreciate you telling us that, and. Um, we try and set an example, and we're all blushing in here right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I just wanted to register that, and uh, I'll listen to the rest of the program and enjoy the show. Oh, That's thank good. you. All right. Thank you very much, Dave. We have an uh-huh. interesting uh, mystery shopping report coming up from Agent Lightning and Stu. Our number is 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We'll go back to uh, Stu right. and then on to Rick. I got a text from Negan. Um, I have a visual aid I sent to Jonathan. Uh, Negan's calling about gas prices, Stu. That's what he says. $5.50 for premium in Arizona. And he sent a picture of this pump. I got a kick out of it. Now Jonathan to put it up. It's an ancient-looking gas pump from American Gas. Looks like a... I don't even know what that logo is. You would probably remember it. Um, anyway, he says he, he remembers 89 cents a gallon when he was 16 in the 1980s, and he made $3.65 an hour cleaning public bathrooms, um, and $10 could drive him 300, 300 miles or more into, wait, 300 miles in his mom's Pinto for uh, three hours to get to work. Um, three hours of work now still buys me 300 miles in, my, in, uh, in his Raptor, even though he makes considerably more than he did back when he was 16. Um, so he's thinking he might need a more fuel-efficient car. Hey, I mean... Stu, you don't remember Amico fuel? Oh, that's Amico. Okay, yeah. sorry. Oh, I don't, I was, it's small on my screen. You got, ah, it, you got okay. it all blown up. Um, <laughs> yeah, gas prices, I mean, over... That was I mean, the first lead-free, I think. Amico? I think yeah. It might yeah, have been, They yeah. have a big sign that says, the only one certified lead-free. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's... Yeah. Uh, that and that's a, this, it was expensive, but it was lead-free. Yeah, but back as expensive, relatively, it was... Uh, 89 cents a gallon for premium. I remember my father saying when gas prices were hitting then, he said gas will never hit a dollar a gallon because they'd have to rebuild all the pumps because they all maxed out at 99.9 cents a gallon. That's pretty smart. I never thought of that. And that was one. He kept saying that. And I always thought when, when gas prices went way over and, you know, right now I've seen prices gas over $7 a gallon for regular in California, yeah. 
And I'm thinking my father, he'd be spinning in his grave just thinking about $7 a gallon. I think he'd just be gas. amazed at the digital displays on the gas yeah. pumps. <laughs> well, I thought the MSRP on a car would never go over 10000 And huh. you know, we got our Pontiac Bonneville in. That wow. was $10,000. Wow, what a statement. Hey, Rick, what did you, what was your dad paying back then? Well, that, that was two, back in two, the... My, my father actually stopped driving about uh, 1990 and gas then was running about 90 cents a gallon mm -hmm. there you and go. he was just he just kept staring of course he grew up in the depression you know and he's yeah. staring at it like yeah, yeah no his way head, his head is spinning yeah. we're okay. on bagels we're talking bagels here. we actually have some business to get back to uh, when <laughs> vicky called earlier um i misunderstood uh, understood her i'm a little cloggy in my ears and yeah, me too man. and uh she called because i had some texts um she wanted to know because she's moving down to, and I hope you're listening, Vicki, I'm really sorry. Um, they're moving down to Florida. They want to know how to protect their son. I'm sorry, their son. <laughs> they protect the car from the sun. Not their son, the son. Ah. And so, Rick, please give her give her some tips put down here in, in Hassan. Put it in the garage. If the you garage, have a garage. absolute best thing. Carport, second best. Um, wash and wax it often. And basically, that's, that's the best yeah. you can do. If you want to go but, crazy, you, you can do a car cover. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, see a lot of people avoid with park over. parking under trees, though, because parking under trees, the tree sap, the, yeah. the pollen that comes off the trees, the ants and bugs that will fall off those trees and infest your cars are, are, are makes it way worse. Only the careless ants and bugs fall. You know, yeah, but yeah, they're unfortunately, they're the ones that survive, and they... they Ooh, they, it's horrible the way they infest, yeah. Yeah, act, yeah. They, they definitely do it quickly. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones where, uh, uh, Stu, were you finished? I'm all done. I okay. hope Nikki got her answer. Uh, we're going to go Vicky. back to the phones, and we're going to talk to David in Wellington. Good morning, David. Hi, good morning. First-time caller. Hmm. Um, Welcome. I have a 2009 RAV4, and it's, it's spent most of its life up north in Wisconsin. And recently, I just had the brakes redone. And after they were done, the car makes a grinding noise just when you start out, going to the left from behind. And it seems like it goes away, and it only does it when you first start out. Um, I've taken it back twice. They've adjusted everything, and it still does it. Um, they said it may be the parking brake, but... Uh, just when you start out, and then it doesn't do it. Like four or five, uh, as the wheel turns, four or five times as as you get started. Yep. Yeah, that could, uh, northern cars especially get a lot of corrosion and rust in the brakes. And the way that the rear disc brakes work on the older Toyotas like that, they had a little miniature set of drum brakes built in the center of the actual uh, disc and that's your parking brake so yeah if there's some corrosion in there and it's when you're starting out it's got to break that rust loose they should pull that apart clean up those parking brakes uh you usually don't need to replace the shoes in there just sand them lightly and clean up any of the surfaces so that it's everything is nice and smooth what should, what should that cost and work? you'd be all right um i'm gonna say probably about two hours labor, so about three hundred dollars, three fifty maybe at the most. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, 
You could probably get it done at an outside shop for as low as like 200. Uh, just make sure that they're aware of what you want them to do. I'd buy some earplugs. Yeah. <laughs> I, that that I could also be the way, too. Yeah. Well, I'll turn the radio up, too. As silly as this sounds, one thing you might try find an empty parking lot. Yeah. Uh, your parking brake is either going to be a, a hand lever or a foot pedal. Yep. If it's a hand lever, you'll have the little thumb button on it. Yep. Be sitting still, push the button in, pull that hand lever up a little bit, and just let off the gas, and then slowly let it down till you feel the car start to move a little bit, and it right. feels like it's moving with just a little drag. Just yep. go that way for about, say, 150 feet with that drag on it from the parking brake. You know, yep. just let it kind of run. And then let that break off. Don't go very fast, just five miles an hour or so. Just enough to see if it'll wear it down. And it may wear out that little bit of crust. Ooh, and save $300. And that can smooth it right out for you. You just saved $300. Thank you. Why didn't you tell him that first? No, I'm thinking of things as I go along here. And it's a process, unfortunately. My, my old neurons aren't firing as fast as they ought to sometimes. So why why would it do it like first thing in the morning and then just to the left and then it doesn't do it the rest of the day? But well, the next morning this does it again. Yeah, one one side may be adjusted a little tighter than the other, which means that that left side is where you're going to get the noise. And what happens is when it's sitting overnight, the sur the metal surface in there on the rotor will actually get a little light layer of rust on it, and then when you first start off, it's got to wear it down. And once it wears that little bit of surface off, then it should that noise will be gone for the for the day until you won't hear it again, until it sits overnight again. Okay, so I should just drive it and not let it sit. That might be just the simplest answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, call us back, David. I'm I'm curious myself about yeah, that. Definitely. I, I want to be able to say we saved you three hundred dollars. So if it works, <laughs> yeah. let us know. Yeah. Give us a follow-up okay. call, David. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Okay, have a great weekend. Uh, we too. have our mystery shopping report coming up uh, at the uh, half hour, and you definitely don't want to miss that. Uh, we do a mystery shop every single week so we can uh, enlighten ourselves and everyone else out there. And uh, you can go to uh, Good Car, uh, what is it, uh, Good car, a good dealer, bad Best, dealer. Good dealer, yep. bad dealer. Uh, good dealer, good dealer, bad, bad dealer, dealer list. List.com. Dot, dot com. Yeah. So uh, jot that down. That uh, mystery shop is coming from Cox Chevrolet in Bradenton. We are going to stick with the phones, and we're going to talk to Jersey Mike. He's a regular. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, uh, I think I mentioned this before. I'm going to do it again. Uh, it's very important at, at Big Dog Ranch, when you go out there, if you're a veteran, anything you do out there uh, is 50% off, basically. So uh, I got a dog out there, and I'm going to, and I got a second one, and I'm going to go get the third one there. Uh, so I just wanted to remind everybody of that. My, really Mike, does that, I, I should know the answer to this. You probably, you probably know it. If, uh, uh, if you're a, uh, a veteran in the family, of course, you know if you're you know if you're in a family and one, and one member of the family is a veteran, then you, you anybody in the family can adopt a dog. I I would assume because you have a veteran in the family. That's correct. And let me say this, also analogous to that, you know, in a sense, it is uh, 
when you go to buy car insurance, if you go to USAA, you're going to pay about 25 to 30% less than you would with any other insurance company if you are military. Yeah, and that's a family thing, too. That's that, I thought yeah, about that when I asked the yeah. question, yeah. yeah. And uh, now, Jersey, Mike, uh, that uh, what you just mentioned about USSA, uh, that is uh, top. That is number one on my list. It is it number is the one. That's one going. I got you know I'm 77. I got through a lot of insurance. That I remember when gasoline was 39.9 for Sunoco Blue, 110. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, um, Mike, how are the dogs working out for you? Oh, fantastic! I mean, it's like a a, a comedy show here. Yeah. Boxes, yeah. Okay? And and they got a lot of energy and they wrestle each other. I got a nice fenced in yard, it's pretty good size, and they just run around and I mean it's just a I don't even another thing too, let me point something out to a lot of people that may not realize it. That's amazing. Yeah. They, the dog training oh. program uh, out there oh, for the yeah. veterans. It's just yeah. it's what they do with the dog and to match you up, you know, That's the right. personalities. And my, and my first, my first dog is a service dog, so I can take him anywhere. He gets his own airplane seat. Uh-huh. Free. Fantastic. As long as he doesn't, uh, you know, get disruptive in the restaurant, I can take him anywhere I want to, and nobody can deny it. He can't fly by himself, can he, Free? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Let's go to cars. Let's go to cars, okay? Uh, the question I have is, well, let me say this here. Uh, I've got a couple million miles under my rear, okay, because I used to do sixty to 70,000 miles a year on new Cadillacs starting in 1970, and that's when I used to build Cadillacs. I got a, I got one from a, uh, uh, got a Vigilante uh, dealership. I can't think of the name of it, but I got a used one there, and, and they're down on uh, uh, North Lake Boulevard in North Lake. Uh, I got the name of the dealership down there. Uh, but in any case, uh, this car is nothing but a really a bad bad problem listen to this the seats inside are fake leather and they just tear apart all by themselves not because there's a dog in it but just because they 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 separate and tear goodness i had to i had to replace the entire uh uh, radiator cooling system in that car i had uh, locks break up uh uh, uh, you know lock up uh, from uh, supposedly rust you ought to, look um, at a, ought to look at a Subaru uh, when you get... Uh, that's it. Subaru's yeah. it. That's the car. I had a friend that went to Vietnam with me. That's what he had when he came out. Yeah. And he never had a problem with anything. I think he put a couple hundred thousand miles on that car before he passed away. Mm. Well, their so. sales are soaring now. And, Fantastic. You know, with popularity of, of dogs, I mean, people are really becoming aware and loving dogs more than ever, I think. It seems like a almost like a sociological, psychological kind of a thing, yeah, but like, dogs well, everywhere. What a lot of people don't know is that's a no-kill uh, 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 place for dogs. It's a big place, and they don't, they don't, a lot of other places uh, uh, euthanize those dogs, and I think that's a horrible thing. I don't think the good yeah. Lord really wanted that to ever happen, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where'd, where'd you say you got the car? Uh, Don Massey uh, Cadillac. No, 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 no. Oh, this Cadillac? No, no, no. I got it used in a uh, a, 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 a Kia dealership that's down on North Lake Boulevard. I uh-huh. forget the name of that place. Oh, geez, I wish I could think of it. But they And they were basically crooks. Because don't forget, an ASE mechanic was over that car before it got sold. I think it was Mapleton. 
That's it. Maple, mm-hmm. you hit the nail on the head. Yes, that's it. Napleton is one of the biggest shysters going. I never. And by the way, they advertise that they're the biggest dealership in all of South Florida. You ask anybody, well, you know, that, they'll tell huh? you. No, know, but that's an interesting thing. We had an earlier caller, and he says, "I can't believe this guy's the second largest Toyota dealership in the world. The high pressure there, the the, the tactics, the scams, oh, and, and here here's a sad state." The, the most successful dealers are the high-pressure, tough, rough. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if you're going to be a nice guy and try to take care of your customers, you can get outsold two-to-one by the guy that will take advantage of you. So it's a sad state of affairs. And as much as we talked about Ashley Moody, Mike, uh, nothing. Yep. I mean, Napleton is going strong, taking advantage <laughs> of someone every second of the day. You got that right. You're I could tell you a story you know, I, about. I, I think I think they even go to training school to become shysters. To tell there you, you go. Really, we, Stu and I had a meeting with a guy uh, the other day in, in our dealership, and uh, I can't tell you anything more about it because he. I told him to listen, but I promised I wouldn't mention his name. But he's involved in the industry, and uh, and uh, and we had a few laughs about Napleton, but I won't. Don't worry. He's, right now, he's sweating. Yeah, we're not going to identify. We're him. not going to identify him, and we well, won't well, even identify the company. We're yeah. not. We're not yeah. going to tell you anything about I, that. I understand. <laughs> Let me say I'll this tell you that his first thing. name I, is Larry. I, I, I got a friend. You know, you, <laughs> you, you know how you yeah, you know how you've mentioned in the past it's a bad thing to buy a car in South Florida. You should go up north because then you're going to get dealing with yeah. some of those dealers yeah. up there. I had a, I had a very very close friend for a long time. Went out and got a BMW used. Do you know he goes? He's gone through twenty gallons of antifreeze in that car so far. Twenty, twenty, and they're twenty bucks a pop, I think. And as if it's not one, his whole paycheck has been going into that car for the last eight months. I said, listen, why don't you just go ahead and get a silver? You know, swap it out. You don't have to. And and he pays eight hundred fifty dollars a month for this thing. He's got three more months payment. And and, and even those guys are shysters too, the finance people, because he can just take that car that right now as it stands. And to go to a, a Chevy dealer, uh, get a Silverado that ha- could have a high mileage on it. I mean, you know, I've seen them with uh, 250,000 miles. So if they're taken care of, yeah. you could probably swap that out and not have to uh, buy, uh, 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 you know, uh, all these gallons of antifreeze and everything else. A turbo went on them. Yeah. I mean, it's like ridiculous. This is German excellence in gen- engineering. Come on. It isn't. Absolutely. <laughs> Very uh, valuable let me, advice. Let me ask you this about the uh, – uh, okay. BMW. Uh, oh no, no. Let me ask this about the Silverado. What would you consider reasonable mileage if you had the Carfax and you saw that it was taken care of and serviced properly? What do you think a high mileage car would be worthwhile? Because they keep on going for some reason. Well, how how late model? How what year? Well, let's say you're going to buy, say, uh, uh, in the teens. All right. So you say you're talking about 16 to say 19. Rick, what would you say? Hmm. I wouldn't get anything over 150,000 miles because I'm one of those that I want to keep it for a long time. So I'd yeah, want to get I at least another 200 grand but, out of but, it. But the question, the question is, in terms of, see, when you buy a high mileage car, the dealer bought that car cheaper. Uh, the uh, whoever traded in uh, traded it in cheaper. So yeah. the base cost is very low. So uh, what what we're saying here is, if you can find a car. With a with a lot of miles on it, you can buy it for a lot less. The only caveat is check the the repair history. Have a mm-hmm. qualified mechanic go over the car. So if you can find a car that's had all the factory recommended maintenance, and and uh, you you do a, a repair check and all the rest of it, 
you can save a couple thousand dollars on that car, and it's just like buying a low mileage car. Yeah, pretty yeah, close. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think if you go to Pet Boys, you get it for ninety nine dollars. They'll give you a six or seven page report on everything that's right and wrong with that car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So, uh, I, I, uh, so I appreciate that information. Uh, there was one last thing about. Oh, I know what I want to tell you. A lot of people don't know this that you can find out what a car dealer is paying for that car because they're buying it at auction. And mm-hmm. as far as as far as that's concerned, all they got to do is look at Kelly Blue Brook and NADA, NADA, take mm-hmm. the two numbers in the condition that the car is because they list them in fair, poor, bad, excellent, you know, whatever, good. And then just take those numbers together and divide it by two. And that's the fair value, fair value market that the dealer is trying to make money on. So or you can, if you can get a copy of a V Auto report, V A U T O V Auto, that's the big name right now. Every car okay. dealer uses it, and the V Auto not only gives you the wholesale value of the car very accurately, more accurately than uh-huh. Kelly Blue Book or anything else, it also gives you the market price in the geography with the zip code you're in. Exactly. Yes, it all varies. The auto, yeah. Exactly right. And, and you know, I don't think, hardly nobody knows about that. And one last thing I'm going to make a comment on. You know, the county auctions off their vehicles once a year, and they have that public listing, and you can go ahead and get the full service report on it. because, And I, I'm including motorcycles, too. The sheriffs, the motorcycles. They auction them up, and they are. And I'm a Harley deal rider for many, many years. I, when I started, 17 years old in uh, Jersey, uh, I've been having Harley, and I still got one now. And the point is, you can go out there and get this. You can buy it at the same price, if not less, than a dealer could buy it at. Mike, that's some great advice you gave us. We got to run. We got some go calls packed up, but call again. You're a great yeah. caller. Thank it's, you. A, it's always great to talk patient. to you, Mike. Uh, we are going to go back to uh, Stu and Rick. All right. I think I'm all caught up with text over here, but I bet you Rick's got a slew. I've got a couple of interesting ones. Uh, first one, and this coming from Donovan, he says, The IRS yesterday released guidance on the $7,500 EV tax credit for dealerships starting in January 1st, 2024. The car buyer will be able to transfer the $7,500 credit to the dealership and use it as a down payment at time of sale. Car dealers have to register on a new website for the program. I think this is going to be a huge sales booster for the next year. That is absolutely true. And uh, the uh, dealers were scared to death because they they were afraid they'd have to wait five years to get the money, which is what happened in cash for clunkers. But uh, they did negotiate or lobby uh, two to three days we'll get the money. The the advice that we need to give the listeners if you're going to be buying an electric vehicle is that the, you, you have to be aware if your electric vehicle does qualify. And if it does qualify, you have to take that into account and tell the dealer you know about the rebate because otherwise you'll sign a piece of paper in the finance office that says you assign the electric vehicle rebate to the dealer and you'll never know there was a rebate. So uh, d- dealers are famous for knowing about all the rebates, all the federal subsidies, all of the things that should go to the consumer and they have a form that says I hereby sign away my rebates and, and discounts to the dealer and you never know you sign it, it the paper disappears and the dealers $7,500 richer 
And you know, you know with one. the um, by the way on the seventy five hundred, you couldn't do this before with the old tax credits, but it can be done with leasing this time around. So even though the because yeah. the the, re, that's the seventy five hundred dollars is going to the lessor and they're applying that yeah. as a cap cost reduction for, yeah. for the um, for the consumer. Yeah, even if you don't qualify, if you the, the lease car would qualify. So the lease car qualifies, then uh, you that might even be better because yeah. it's it, yeah. it's it's the yeah. yeah. Wow. And another company came in with those uh, with USAA auto insurance. That's the uh, that's the one that you either you or an immediate family member has to be military. Yeah. Uh, he says, many people are paying a lot more for insurance than other companies. Don't think that they are always the cheapest. I've talked to many people where they were a lot more expensive versus others. And yet, an interesting thing, I saw a, a survey done on the internet not long ago, as a matter of fact, a couple days ago, that said the USAA had one of the highest satisfaction ratings oh, yeah. among its customers, yeah. pretty much beating out every other company hands down for customer satisfaction. Yeah. So something to take in mind that maybe it is a little more expensive, but um, if you're paying a little extra to get that customer satisfaction, and, and, that and might yeah. be worth it and, too. And, and a lot of people what? don't think you, you don't have to be the veteran. Anyone in your immediate family, meaning someone living with you, in, a, in your it could be a son, daughter, uncle, aunt. Uh, if you are a par part of a family and you're living together as immediate family, then you qualify, even though you're not a veteran. But that USA insurance is the way to go. Definitely, you and you know, USAA uh, group has an overall satisfaction score, like Rick said, at ninety-two percent. And uh, then uh, second, this is all from Consumer Reports, uh, NJM Insurance Group, overall satisfaction score, 86%. And then you, you go down to AMCA Mutual Group, overall satisfaction score, 83%. And uh, it, uh, it just, uh, they, there are several on there that come up at 50%, and they, they get lower and lower. Wow. Yeah. So there's some information for you. Uh, and one other quick note, uh, unfortunately, we probably will not be hearing from Lance today with the new song. Uh, he did text in earlier this morning on the YouTube channel. He says, good evening, Earl and all. I'm staying in bed today. Too much square dancing last night. Oh, that's <laughs> sounds, okay, because I had a song for Lance. Sounds like you might add a little too much of the moonshine, too. <laughs> that, uh, that, that, uh, return debut soon to follow. Ah, <laughs> uh, Lance. Um, well, you have a song for Lance. When you've been out promenading all night long, you do see dude and you sang the song, but you couldn't wake up in time for Earl on Cars. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I never knew you had such a good voice, too. Oh, my. That cold helps. I know. It made my voice deeper. All right. Okay. Uh, Stu, do you have anything for us? I have nothing for you. Would you sing again? Uh, later. <laughs> okay, Rick. Uh, and that's got us pretty well caught up, although there were a few reminiscences here from guys thinking back when they were paying 30 cents a gallon and uh, for fuel. Yeah. And I kind of laugh because I remember several times of pulling up to the gas station, go in, hand a $5 bill and go back in and ask for change because I happened to be on my motorcycle 
And it was kind of nice when fuel was only 30 cents a gallon. Yeah. Honestly. When you could pay for it with the change in your ashtray. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let me have my blog. Let me talk about my blog. Your blog? My newest okay. blog uh, has to do with breakthrough. Right to the right uh, it's the breakthrough side of you. In, in technology that we're now going to have <laughs> autonomous <laughs> driving. You have and, it? And uh, you've heard me talk about this over and over again. I can't find the blog. Uh, but uh, it's called Breakthrough in Autonomous Driving, and it's available on Earl on Cars. And I, I learned about it accidentally. Here it is right here. Uh, this is what the cover looks like. Um, I, I, I learned about it in the biography on Elon Musk. And the, the cool thing about that uh, biography, Walter Isaacson wrote it. The, the guy's an amazing biographer. And uh, he really got in-depth into Elon's life. And he just finished it uh, a couple months ago. I mean, it just he, he, he published it. And so you have current biographical information going into 2023. And at the very end of the biography, uh, his uh, scientist and his autonomous, uh, you know, uh, endeavor to make cars f fully autonomous, I uh, had this breakthrough. And I, I mentioned this briefly last, uh, last week, but all the other autonomous manufacturers are using like uh, the radar and the laser, LIDAR, uh, cameras <coughs> were the very first that came along. And then they said, ah, cameras, you got all these cameras on the car. That's not the way to go. You need the high-tech stuff like uh, LIDAR and radar, lasers. Uh, and so all the other manufacturers, General Motors, Ford, all the other uh, competitors to Tesla went that way. And even uh, Tesla was thinking about that's the way he'd have to go. So uh, Tesla did have the radar and the LIDAR, but he also had cameras and he relied on the cameras. Then with the artificial intelligence and with artificial intelligence, uh, scientific discovery is going at warp speed. And suddenly there was a breakthrough. They found out that they can take the videos, and the Tesla that Nancy and I drive, the uh, Plaid, S, Model S Plaid, has eight cameras on it. And they have cameras everywhere. I mean, they're looking right, left, up and down, in the inside the cockpit of the car, all over. And these cameras are constantly recording, even when the car's sitting there. It mm -hmm. just keeps on recording. And uh, when you drive it, everything is recorded. And so the scientists said, you know, we now have with the with uh, quantum computing, high-speed supercomputers, we can take video and we can feed that into the computer, which before was impossible, and we can program the software from actual video experience. So they, they're taking the Teslas that have been on the road for, what, 10 years now, <coughs> with, with mountains and mountains and, and thousands and millions of hours of video, and that's all, it's all available. That, that database is available to Tesla, which is not available anywhere else. So they feed that in, and they have a cadre of uh, people that work for Tesla. And they're reviewing the, the video clips, and, and they review the video clips of the good drivers. Now, this is really cool. Uh, they, they take uh, Elon Musk's instruction to the group. Find me someone that you would call a five-star Uber driver. Five stars. If he's that good a driver, use those clips. And so 
the clips tell how humans react in every circumstance. Uh, what happens if uh, there's a train wreck and the train rolls over on the highway? What happens if there's a, uh, a dog runs out in the middle of the street? What happens if a, a, a woman's running a, 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 a baby buggy alongside of the road? All these things that humans think about and react to in ways that uh, a computer cannot do. Uh, a, 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 a LIDAR radar uh, can't decide what to do if the car in front of you bumper drops off in the middle of the road and the only way you can avoid it is to go across a double line. Well, you as a human, your eyes see that there's no cars coming. You can safely cross over the double line. You're going too fast to stop to hit the bumper. If you hit the bumper, it's almost certainly going to be an accident of some kind. If you go over the double line and come back on the other side of the bumper, you're okay. So with millions of hours programmed in, uh, Tesla will actually have a fully autonomous car that is safer than the average human driver. Yeah. It'll be as safe as the very best human driver. And that's coming out probably this year or next year. So that's breaking news. And de definitely breaking news. And you can uh, read uh, Breakthrough for Autonomous Vehicles. Uh, Earl on Cars, what a great read. It has all kinds of information in here that Earl just spoke about. Uh, we are going to go to John in West Palm Beach. And, Dawn, hold on. We'll be right with you. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning. Um, you, you opened the whole can with that last segment there. I, the reason why I called was uh, I have a Tesla, the, the three, the basic. I don't have the FSD $16,000 upgrade. I just have the little, you know, push the paddle down, and I, I call it cruise control. Not realizing, I found out this week that it's not con cruise control. It's that, uh, like, autonomous driving, because as I went to exit off of 95, I had to, I'm going to call it cruise control, mm -hmm. because I don't know what else to call it. Uh, I had it on. I thought, you know what, I'm not going to put my foot on the brakes. I'm just going to let a car continue doing what it's doing. Mm -hmm. It navigated the turn, slowed the car down to 25 because the camera saw the 25-mile speed limit. There was a car in front of me, so that distance uh, monitor was also enacted. And I just left the cruise control on, and it navigated the exit, mm -hmm. uh, the off-ramp, continued on PGA, and calculated the speed limit. And the car just continued on cruise control, and I never touched it. And it, it, I just left it on. Sounds like you saved $16,000. <laughs> so it was incredible. Um, so, the, uh, so that was the first thing. I was, uh, that's that, amazing. That's my yeah. initial call. And then um, it just escaped me by the second thing that you just brought up. Um, was... Uh, I can't be, any, that's why I call. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. The um, that feature you're describing, it's it's becoming very um, it's common on a lot of manufacturers, and they have different names for it. Toyota calls it Lane Trace Assist, and it's not quite up to the Tesla, the full Tesla thing, but it will uh, steer the car, keep in the center of the lane. Uh, if traffic comes to a stop, it'll stop the car. Um, yes. When the traffic starts again, it'll it says wait, and you have to give it a little nudge with the accelerator, but then it will resume. 
And so it's kind of close. So a lot of the manufacturers, people are getting used to it in a, in a very slow way to autonomous driving without even being realized it because there's all these little things that the car is doing to help. It's called these active safety measures. Even when your car, a lot of cars have where it nudge If you cross the line, if you drift out of the lane, it'll nudge you back in there. Right. That's a form of autonomous driving. Now I remember why the, the second part, we were talking about the cameras. Mm -hmm. uh, if there's any lawyers listening, uh, and I've always got this on mind, uh, they need to, if I was a lawyer, I'd always be asking, if, you know, in traffic accidents, were there any Teslas around because they're recording everything? Yes. Uh, I, we were in Orlando. We went to an event uh, that night in the parking lot. If you had a pickup truck, your truck was broken into, they smashed up the back window because they were looking for guns. So the police officer, 4 o'clock in the morning, that's what time I wake up. He asked me, do you own a pickup truck? Nope. He says, well, okay. I said, why? He says, because if you did, it was broken into because they were looking for guns. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to go out to my car and I'm going to check the cameras for them. Huh. And, sure enough, and so it was recording and it picked up parking lot activity that, you know, around the car. And that, and they have to get a. That's great. Yeah. And uh, people need to remember that if they witness an accident, look it's recorded. Yeah, look for the Teslas. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yes. Um, we have a bus stop that's before the intersection, and uh, it, it, the people standing there, they're waiting for the bus, but they're also blocking my view of oncoming traffic because they're standing, and I can't see around them. I have to edge out farther and farther to see if traffic is clear. I said, you know, I'm so glad this camera's recording because if I should ever get an accident, I've got my proof there that they were right. they were the obstruction. I wasn't the one at fault because I couldn't see. It's got Amazing. Amazing, John. John, uh, thanks for sharing all that with us. It's a very interesting conversation. Uh, we're going to run. We have a couple of calls backed yep. up. Stay in touch. We love talking to you. Uh, we're going to go to Dawn in West Palm Beach. Good morning, Dawn. Good morning. Welcome. I have. I talked to Rick about that I have a 21 Toyota Sequoia Platinum and having issues with the car dropping the, uh, the call, and I brought it up to your dealership with, I think Travis was a service writer, and Rick had said that they needed to uh, possibly with a 2021 that they had maybe an update on the uh, programs or whatever in the car. I've also taken uh, my hearing aids as well to the uh, uh, hearing aid place that I've been dealing with for over 30 years, and my son my phone and the computer and the, the car and his computer and did a few little changes. It still does what it had done before, and a 21-year-old granddaughter said that back in 2021, uh, they were having a hard time getting the proper chips for vehicles or chips, period, and that the car could possibly have some wrong chips in it that are causing the issues? Uh, that actually would be unlikely 
because Toyota wasn't when they had issues with chips. It was more with um, the engine computers. The stereo systems really weren't the biggest issue that they were having because the stereo systems come from Fujitsu 10, Panasonic, and a couple of others. Um, if you're still having issues with the with the calls dropping, uh, the next step really is ver you know, you'd have to verify the uh, update on your phone and make sure that that's been updated properly. Well, um, that's what that's what you told me before, and I told you at that time it had the sixteen point one update on the iPhone. Okay. And what model of iPhone are you running? If you can remind me on that one. It's a 12 Pro. <coughs> okay, that's one you may want to check on also. I don't know if I if I'd asked you that before to, to check on that. Um, Toyota has had an issue with some of the uh, iPhone 12s, and there may be a special update available, or there were some models that I don't know if they ever got them worked out on the issues with the iPhone 12. That was one. That was a, a thing between Apple and Toyota. Well, but I never had the problem with the 2008 Toyota Sequoia Platinum. Right, because it was an older system. The ra the radio system on it was an older system, and the newer as they as they every time that they come out with a new model on these, things get changed immensely, and it's almost like having a, a brand new computer system um one thing you might consider is check with apple support and see if apple's got any information on updates for you it's okay uh let me look up that little number real quick here uh where did i just see that ah i'll bring this up here uh 1-800 a-p-l-c-a-r-e apple care Okay, I am uh, driving. Let me pull over here. I will uh, write that down for the senior moment. You said 1-800? Yes, it's 1-800-A. A is in Apple. P is in Paul. L is in Lima. And then C-A-R-E. Apple, A-P-L, care. Okay. And that's that's Apple's support number. Okie dokie. Okay, Don, you have all the information you need. Well, we're going to have to run. I hope so. I thought it had taken care of, but on a. Well, uh, Don, let me interrupt you for a second. You're breaking up. Let me give you a suggestion. If you have any other questions, you can text them at 772-497-6530. We enjoy talking to you. Have a great weekend. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to mention before we go to the Mystery Shopping Report that uh, uh, Big Dog Ranch is, uh, has a, a major event at the end of the month. Therefore, they're working pretty hard on that, and there will not be a Dog of the Week here uh, via a video from Natalie. Uh, so a uh, major adoption event at the end of the month at, out at uh, Big Dog Ranch, so uh, you might want to take advantage of that. Uh, we are going to go to our mystery shopping report, right, Earl? Right. And uh, that mystery shopping report uh, came to us uh, from uh, 
Cox Chevrolet in Bradenton and uh, Agent Lightning did another fabulous job and so did Stu. Before we get to that though, it's like we our dog of the week in case anybody was wondering. We we're, we have to skip it this week because they got too much going on at uh, at Big Dog Ranch Rescue. So we'll pick it up next week with another dog if you're missing our yeah, videos. Natalie yeah, Natalie will be back here again, uh, well, video, via video yeah. uh, next week. So uh, that uh, take advantage of that major adoption event that they're going to have at the end of the month. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, uh, Cox Chevrolet in Bradenton. Bradenton, uh, for you not familiar with that part of Florida, is up in the Tampa, St. Petersburg area. Clearwater. Kind of Clearwater. It's kind of a small town, kind of an atmosphere. And the uh, reason I mention that is because I talk about Florida and the corrupt car dealers. Most of that is in the South Florida. You know, the further north you go, uh, the calmer things get. Not to say that they don't have some uh, issues in northern Florida. They do. But it, the smaller the town, we found uh, usually the nicer the dealer and the, and the more transparent. We'll see if that holds true for Bradenton, Florida. Speaking as if I am Agent Lightning, our <coughs> ace female um, mystery shopper. She just does an amazing job. I arrived in the late afternoon. As I entered the dealership through the front door, I was greeted by a salesman. Though he didn't introduce himself, his name tag read Zach. I think that's a second or the third Zach. We've had. Zach's. Very yeah, popular name. Zach, this yeah. guy's probably 25 uh, years old. I like Zach, yeah. After exchanging greetings, I inquired about the availability of Malibu's. Zach asked if he had been in contact, if I had been in contact with anyone of the dealership previously. Uh, since I hadn't, he offered to assist and invited me to the desk to gather more details. Now, that's a courtesy that uh, in South Florida, when you walk into a dealership, there's a uh, wolf pack. And they run toward you, and you run the other way. I'm only kidding, but it's a lot of a lot of salesmen, and they're fighting to see who gets there first. And uh, uh, if there's not a courtesy, and so you can see it right away with this first experience, the salesperson was courteous enough to want a salesperson who had already spoken with you, maybe given a lot of his time or her time to help you on the phone or by text or email. Uh, uh, give him the benefit of the commission if you decide to buy a car. So he was courteous, and that was something you don't see in Fort Lauderdale or Miami. So just a heads up. Uh, Once seated, Zach got right to business. What's your name? Uh, What's your credit score? That's pretty direct. You know, you don't, that's something, Zach, if you're listening, I'm being facetious, I Zach probably, probably is, I think, but you don't ask a person their credit score. You 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 dance around that and uh, let them volunteer the information. Yeah. Uh, but that's like uh, you know. You know, I, when I was uh, trained to sell cars, the question uh, Dale Cook told me to ask. He was my old trainer. Yeah. Uh, he said, um, "You said, oh, um, who did you finance your current car with?" And they go, "Oh, Bank of America." And then you say, "Oh, how did you like them?" Uh-huh. And if they usually if they had problems with it, they go, ah, oh, they're they're pain in the asses, <laughs> you know, whatever. So. Yeah. yeah, very clever. Yeah, Dale was a smart guy. Uh, so what's your credit score? Are you looking to lease? Another qualifying question. I clarified more likely to buy, reiterating my question about the Malibu's second for me. They just received a shipment. So as I've said in the past two or three weeks on the show, inventories are building. And Chevrolet uh, inventories are building in spite of the UAW strike. 
Um, Chevrolet Chir- inventories are built. Are built, yeah. <laughs> I, think they're, they're at pre, I think they're at pre-crisis uh, so, levels. So the, the, the setting is, is, is there for uh, getting a good buy. You can, you can save thousands of dollars today if you, if you do the right thing and you listen to what we advise on this show uh, compared to a year ago. And there was purely a seller's market a year ago. Today, it's become uh, somewhat of a buyer's mar- market, particularly with GM and uh, Jeep and some other uh, uh, cars that have uh, what we call a high-day supply. And that means uh, 60-day supplies, mean if they sold every car they had, it would take them two months to get rid of them. Two years ago, uh, there was a zero-day supply. They had no cars. <laughs> So here we are, and you can actually get a pretty good deal. He inquired about color preferences, and, uh, and, and I mentioned my preference for white and a basic trim level, explaining it would be uh, uh, for an a, uh, a, uh, Airbnb property. That's interesting. Yeah, um, I always like her, her cover stories. Yeah, cover, a great cover story. So apparently she's suggesting that she's thinking about buying a, a, a piece of, uh, you know, uh, real estate that she wants to rent out uh, via Airbnb and then maybe furnish it with a car mm-hmm. to enhance the value of the uh, Airbnb property. Uh, very clever. I also emphasize that we wouldn't be making a purchase until after the closing on the property and couldn't and don't run any credit checks until then. So that's a, a, a great premise. And uh, a lot of people feel that when you run a credit check, it's going to affect your credit. Uh, we could talk about that uh, uh, on another show. That's not necessarily the case. Right. Uh, Zach understood and stepped uh, away briefly to fetch the keys. Upon his return, we headed outside to the Malibus. Uh, we found a new 2024. That's right, folks. There's a lot of yeah. 2024s. That, that kind of surprised me. Hello. Yeah. Uh, uh, Malibu LS uh, uh, with an MSRP of 28000 $415.95. I, I haven't seen that either. <laughs> there's Chain. also an addendum. Got an addendum, folks. In Bradenton, there's we're an seeing, addendum. We're seeing some cars without addendums these days, so keep that in mind. And also, by the way, the uh, Madroni label, I'm presuming, was on the side of the car, and it wasn't in the back seat, as you'll find in South right. Florida. So uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, uh, signs that were in the small-town dealership. Uh but here's a but there's addendum. addendum. <laughs> it added $1,995 uh, for the Cox Florida equipment. That's a, that's a nice spin, Florida equipment. And uh, that's the addition over the MSRP, $1,995, which included window tent, doorage, protection system. Which I had a chuckle when I read that. That's that's those are doorage guards, the little plastic yeah, 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 things. But they're yeah. but they're calling it it's a protection a do- system. A system. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it sounds a lot more expensive, protection system, and then the nitro fill tires, the famous or infamous nitrogen, uh, which is worthless, and a pulsing stop lamp system, all for nineteen ninety five. Now I can address that. Yeah, I I was going to say that's that. Having your brake lights flash would be a violation yeah. of uh, Department of Motor Vehicles it is. or an HDSA. It is in Florida, yeah. um, but it's, it's sold. You'll see them out there on the road. Their argument, and I don't know if people are getting pulled over or not, is that it doesn't cut off and turn on 
rapidly. It, but it's, it, it's it, distracting. Right. It's it, it's supposed to be distracting. It's supposed to get your attention when the car's ah, but in front That's not good. You can, uh, if you have something... Well, I'm not in favor of yeah, these things yeah, because yeah, yeah. Our, our good friend that we yeah. know um, sells and distributes these yeah. things. I can tell you each, it's about $5 a piece. Yeah. It's a little wiring thing that you hook on the wiring harness oh, back. No, it's been around for a long time. Yeah. And uh, I, when I, many, you know, 40 years ago when I heard about it, I immediately decided I want to try it, but I checked that it was illegal. So. Yeah. Okay. Our, our friend came back around and tried to do it again, and um, yeah. we had to send him away. Okay, the salesman, Zach, highlighted the safety features. We embarked on a test drive. Our conversation was a mix of small talk and my questions above the various trim levels. By the end of the drive, I was convinced this car was the right choice. Back at the dealership, as we settled at his desk, Zach explained that all their cars come equipped with the Cox floored equipment. So he's... He's, uh, He's anticipating <laughs> resistance here. All cars come equipped. I, you know, he avoids the question, can I have one without the, the Florida right. equipment? No, you can't. This package priced at $1,995.95 includes lifetime window tent, door edge guards, lifetime nitrogen top-offs, <laughs> You know, a, a lot of people don't realize that the air you breathe is all, almost completely nitrogen. A little bit of oxygen and a lot of nitrogen. So you don't want to buy it. You don't want to buy it, put it in your tires. You could just blow your tire up yourself, and you would have uh, nitrogen. Uh, and a pulsating flashing stop system in the rear to reduce the risk of rear in collisions. He then inquired if I wanted an out-the-door out price, uh, to which I agreed. Zach soon returned with a price sheet, but before presenting it, I noticed an error. Uh, the error was $3,000 for the accessory package, which they, which they just quote, quoted $2,000 on. So <laughs> it should be $1995.95. He excused himself. You, hold on a second. My, my friend Matt was over when I was uh, working on this, and he, had, he said, do you think that was a... Um, like kind of like a little ruse to make to, to appear honest, like oh. like I he, like he came out. Look, I just caught a, a big mistake for you. I'm honest. Trust me from this point on. I said maybe. But it's possible. Maybe yeah, possible. I don't think they're smart. No, I think and, it was a screw up. And, 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 that and it should be um, okay. Uh, upon returning a few months later, cheerfully remarks on catching the air before I did, listing laughter from both of us. So uh, I guess the best way to get rid of that is just laugh about it. <laughs> but I mean, it's not, it's not professional. I don't think it was dishonest. I think it's just sloppy. The worksheet had a top line of $26,420, to which was added a $799 uh, proc doc. Uh, Junk fee. <laughs> processing, a processing, yeah, uh, processing documentary fee. Uh, the, the fancier, the more legalese you can make these names sound the more gullible people are to them. Um, $637 in government fees, uh, which Duke commented was a little steep. I agree. They included the uh, Cox Florida equipment and the line labeled accessories for 1995. Out the door, I was at $31,717. I then asked about possible rebates or discounts, but Zach was quick to note that the price already reflected their special internet pricing. Although I didn't verify this at the moment, it was consistent with what I saw online. Now, in some dealerships, the further south you get, 
uh, when I asked about possible rebates or discounts, the answer would have been, if I could get my manager to come off the price right. a little bit, will you buy the car today? Yeah. Or, or, or the or manager I'm would come. I'm confident they'll, they'll work with you on yeah, that. Yeah, we'll work with you. So it's a little country, which is good. And uh, it's country means laid back and more honest uh, in, in this particular case. I expressed my gratitude. I mentioned I'd be in touch later. Overall, the dealership experience seemed to be free of any undue pressure, meaning they didn't follow me out the car. <laughs> the manager didn't say, listen, take the car to your husband. Or he didn't say, uh, uh, I'll take the car to your husband. I mean, you wouldn't believe what you will encounter the further south in Florida you go. You get into Fort Lauderdale, Dade County, you I, need to be I, fully armed or I, have a bodyguard. I like, I like the one where the uh, salesperson asks, uh, you know, if it is a female, and which this is, uh, you mean you can't make all the decisions? Oh boy! You need to uh, you need to get with your husband. There's some women you don't want to say that to. You risk life and limb. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. One I'm sitting right next to me right now. I won't mention any names, but who Rick? Yeah. All right. Uh, I got a um, Jonathan in Palm Coast. He used to text us from Delray. Um, I give this dealership a C. The overall experience wasn't horrible. However, the 1995 protection system and nitrogen in the tires cost them a better grade. Now, I agree. Um, I was thinking about this. I know we, we grade on a curve, curve, and I think, well, maybe we shouldn't judge a Bradenton dealership on the South Florida curve. Um, <laughs> so in that case, there would, yeah. I would, they would get a bad grade. But we're of course, you can buy the car in Bradenton even if you live in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. So this is one of the cool things today about online purchasing. You can buy a car online. How much... How much does it cost to get a car out of Braden, Florida? You, no, you, you, just, you would just drive that. Yeah. That's not even that bad of a drive. They'll deliver it. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I you mean, can probably work that into There are dealers that will deliver cars. At our dealership, uh, we deliver cars free anywhere in Florida. A lot of dealers recognize the fact that people are buying further and further yeah. away to get better deals. Yeah, so um, I, I think I'm going to give them a, 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 a B minus. I well, can't be too. A B? B minus. Okay, B minus. Okay. Okay, let's see. First channel, nothing coming in just yet. Uh, here we have Johnny Z. Fraidley says, fees, fees, and F for me. Oh, we. <laughs> Some of our crew are hard-nosed. Yeah. Brian Sedlatko says, government fees? Really? D minus. Ah. Uh, for me, I'm, I think I'm going to follow Stu's advice here, and I'm going to go with a B on it. Um. I don't think there was anything too outrageous, you know, a little, a little pushy. That that protection package, a uh, mm, little hinky there, but uh, you know, they should. If a customer says they should just knock that two grand. Say, forget it. All right, well, I mean, there's what, what's the actual value there? About fifty bucks of the dealership. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the voters uh, <clears throat> react viscerally to insulting their intelligence. I know that every time I hear nitrogen, it just it just gets me angry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But on the other hand, um, you know, it's on the it other leaves hand, it open to investigation. You know, nitrogen, uh, the consumer, the the buyer has some responsibility to check things out, and you, all you have to do is Google nitrogen and tires, 
it'll take you right to Consumer Reports, and they'll say, we, we tried it out, and it's totally worthless. So, uh, you know, I, people, when they, when they think they are treating them as if they're doofuses, they tend to get angry and get bad grades. I agree. And, uh, you know, come on, lifetime nitrogen top-offs, please. Uh, this uh, uh, lifetime uh, window tint, please. Uh, for me, I give them a D minus. And we just had a bunch more pop up. Yeah, that's something. I think the internet was running a little glitchy slow for a second there. Uh, Tim Gilliland says, lose the accessory package and it wouldn't be terrible. D. Mark Smith says C. Tom Steckel says D minus. Fees are ridiculous. We need to support the A dealers. I agree with that. There you go. Mark chimes in with a B minus. And I have a C minus from someone, so make your decision. Yeah, I, I'm going to give them a C. I, I think, uh, to me, that's about an average dealer. And, uh, and if we have time, I just want to mention, I know a lot of people love Jeeps, and I love a, I love Jeeps. They're really cool looking. Um, they don't have the quality that appeal to me, but uh, if you want to buy a Jeep, now's the time. Uh, the inventory is building up. Uh, they have a very, very high inventory, and sales are dropping. And, and Stellantis, the manufacturer Jeep, we, I always think of them as Chrysler, but uh, the, the Jeep manufacturers are worried because they're up to their eyeballs in Jeeps and nobody's buying them. So yeah. if you want a Jeep, you can find a huge selection and just work all the Jeep dealers against each other and just beat them down, and you can steal a Jeep today. I'm, I'm saying that you can really get a good buy on a Jeep. It's a shame that Marty doesn't like Jeeps. Marty would go down there and, ter and terrorize the Jeep dealership. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. Quality-wise, they're terrible. I I wouldn't buy one because I because they don't hold up. But they're mm -hmm. beautiful. They they gotta be fun to drive. Yeah. They've yeah. they've got sex appeal. Yeah. yeah. And even now, you see them all with. Now they got all the rubber ducks lined up on the windshield in the Jeeps where yeah. you know people are doing that thing. And did you know that now there's actually a push for Toyota owners where they are doing the same thing with little toy Yodas, uh. the Yoda from Star Wars, with a little paper tag on it says, hey, I like your Toyota. If you like someone's Toyota, buy some of these and pass them on to their Toyotas. There you go. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's this silly little thing, but it's... It's yeah. kind of like passing a message saying, hey, you did some nice things dressing your Jeep up and yeah. making it customized and look cool. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, a you know, pat that. on the back. A, a there you go. Also a, a rugged look. And uh, sales are, uh, well, they've slipped a bit, 1.3%. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are at the end of the show. We certainly do appreciate you joining us every Saturday morning. And uh, happy Columbus Day. And a thank you to Jonathan for that backdrop, those beautiful autumn leaves. I feel like I'm up in uh, New York. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, everyone else, uh, stay tuned next week at the same time. And uh, we'll be right here uh, from 8 until 10 o'clock. Have a great weekend, everyone. Happy Columbus Day.